Hi, friends, and welcome back to the Ask an Introvert podcast. This is part of our mini series on friendships, where I invite my actual friends from online and in real life to interview on the podcast. Today with us, we have Lillian, my friend who was based in Malaysia when I first met her and now is based in Australia. Lillian, would you like to introduce yourself? First of all, Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. And well, who knew that being friends, we can be, you know, having fun on a podcast together. So Jennifer and I, we met, I guess, was it two years back now? Like I, or maybe more. I don't I even remember when. Me neither. <laughs> and I think at that point when we met, I actually called myself a friend therapist reason being like one of my clients basically coined that term friend therapist and what I do is that I go in and sort of like almost do surgery to pick up things in people like dig out the stories getting them to see the shadows owning their light and and then I piece them together and then create a brand for them you know so that they can be safe in themselves to show up as who they are and that way they create like actual deep connection. And sometimes I see it as friendships as well. You know, I don't, every single client that I have had are like my friends. There's a deep connection that's established. It's like a very soulful connection. If I officially introduce myself, I usually say that I work with service-based, heart-based entrepreneurs, but I am in this space where I'm just kind of, stepping into the next version of who I want to work with and this looks like this actually look like CEOs this actually look like people who want to go out have big visions want to build big dreams and I help them get there so I help them go from being from being the best kept secret to really confidently sharing their brand it's been such a journey <laughs> and that's what I do Ooh, I love that go from being the best kept secret to confidently owning every piece of who you are and showing up it's just it's really potent yeah it took me a while to get to it but I think the brand grows with me and here we are like here at this juncture and it feels really really good yeah you really do do soulful work if I had to the first person who comes to mind when I think of soulful would be you oh that's such a compliment (laughs) so I want to rewind back to if you know, we don't remember exactly how long it is we've been friends, but do you remember the first time we met? I think it was in a Zoom room with like three other people. Are you having the same memory? I have. I Okay, like I have this feeling that I have a different memory than you, that you don't actually remember the first time we met. <laughs> what wait what like <laughs> okay please tell me but it was definitely in a zoom room so I barely showed up in back when Molly Ho had a membership I was a member too and I had shown up to a call for the first time this yeah I'm just remembering this now actually because I thought I thought we had met through Amber and we're all introverted entrepreneurs who catch up monthly. But when you said Zoom room yourself, yeah, this came to me. I'm like Molly Ho's membership, keep getting paid, right? And I think 
you were like working on writing love letters to your clients or something. And that was my first interaction with you. Oh my God. <laughs> Thank you. Like, you know how my brain just forgets these things? Like, sometimes you just forget what you're doing. Yeah. Like, you're like, okay. And, but like, does that sound? That's you, right? Well, Jennifer, you know what? The funny thing is I don't even remember this specific call, but it sounds yeah. like what I would be doing. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, wow. And by the way, I'm curious. So what did you think of me writing love letters to my clients? I mean, I didn't, it's, yeah, I don't know. That's so, yeah, what would I think? I guess I don't find it. It is so you now that I know you. I can't really remember what my impression was back then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'll bet I, I was like, oh, that's so sweet. I should do that oh. to my for my clients someday. And which I do. Like when I offboard a client, I give them a little packet with a note and mm. yeah. But yeah. Oh, that's so lovely. I wonder if there's a recording of that Zoom somewhere. Molly probably has it. Yeah. So we've connected a lot over Zoom and only over Zoom. You're one of my online friends I haven't met in person yet. What do you think that that would be like if we do? You know, like when I think about both of us, like I'm very, very chatty, but I'm actually introverted. And sometimes I maybe I'm very uncomfortable with pauses. So I feel like I might talk your ear off and be like, Lillian, can we just feel each other? That's my idea of what will happen. Like, (laughs) what about you? How do you think that will go? I think we're going to hug for a really long time. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And then I'll plan some kind of quiet activity. Like maybe we can go to the beach and play in tide pools together where we don't have to be talking. I will bring food. I promise. (laughs) Okay, tell me what kind of food. Asian fusion. Well, if you don't mind healthy-ish food, I've recently learned how to make pancakes, like rice pancakes with vegetable. So I would bring that. (laughs) I eat everything, so you don't have to worry about me. (laughs) It's just so weird, isn't it? Because meeting over Zoom, you don't necessarily connect over food or drinks. Yeah. And I feel like that's so odd. Like, I'm like, hmm, what would Jennifer like to eat? I see your food stories. And I'm just like, okay, Asian. Asian, that that will work. Yeah, that's really true. I didn't think about that before. I have no idea like what your coffee, tea, or boba order would be. You know why? Because I don't drink any of those. Oh, okay. Yeah, but that's something I feel like I would know about friends that I have met in real life or, Mm. or did meet in person first. But it's interesting that you don't drink any of those to begin with. Yeah, I only drink water. It's like a super weird thing. Like it's, you know, it's not really sexy. If I took a video of look at what I'm drinking, it's water. But water is exactly what we need. It's the purest form of hydration, right? 
It is true. But people don't find it sexy, unfortunately. Oh, I mostly drink water. I know I post a lot of boba shots and matcha lattes, but 80% of the time just drinking water. That's healthy. Wow, now I'm trying to think like, yeah, one of the things that I like or I haven't or I know I would do, but I haven't had to do yet is if someone, if my friend who was further away from me that I couldn't drive to in a time of need or something, I would like DoorDash or grab something straight to them that I know Um, that would comfort them. But I have no idea what I would send to you in terms of comfort food. It's also really difficult, like for me to eat out because Mm. right now I'm in this really weird period where I have to cut out a lot of foods for health reasons. And honestly, like the only thing I take away would be Viet food. So I only eat Viet because, you know, it's like rice, rice base, and then it's meat base, and then lots of vegetables. Yeah. So it is quite sad. There's like one option could be that or okay, maybe one other one, bibimbap. Because it's rice bowl with lots of vegetables. Yeah. I don't know. Do you know anything else that might be comfort food, like, that's healthy? Like, it's difficult, isn't it? I guess so. I think for most people, comfort food isn't healthy. But I I do crave, like, cooked, warm, hot vegetables when I'm feeling Mm. really down. Yeah. And I'm all for Viet food. (laughs) You You love what? Sorry. Oh, I'm all for Viet food, so I don't think you're weird at all. I think you have the best taste. (laughs) It's really funny because I thought that I have like a Western Westernized palate, Mm. but you know, ever since moving to Brisbane, I honestly like all the Asian food. Like, I'm like, why aren't there more Asian food around me? Like, I don't. I sometimes take Spanish, sometimes Italian, almost never Italian. So I kind of feel like my palate is actually Asianized palate. I eat Indian, Viet, Thai, Chinese, Korean, Japanese. And I'm like, yes, all the Asian food. Like, are you the same? Yeah. I like it's very even though I'm based in America, it's very rare that I would be like, oh, I want a burger or I want or even pasta you know yeah my comfort food would be if somebody sent me a Vietnamese noodle soup but not pho because it's a little basic I mean I'll still love it but if you send me like a spicy bum ba wei or bum ryu that's really comforting to me yeah I've actually never had those I need to and it's not usually on the menu as well yeah. pop into the culture is it or I don't really know I guess yeah well I'm fit for one and then I grew up in California where we have mm-hmm. a lot of access and then my mom makes all of these things so yeah I don't really no, it's like if someone asked me what's the best place to go get Viet food I can't really recommend one <laughs> But I can go and rank them with you. (laughs) Would you say it's your mom's food? Like, mom's food is the best, would you say? Yeah, definitely. Or go straight to Vietnam. (laughs) Skip the restaurant. Yeah. Now there's solid restaurants here. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think about like when I explore these food places, it kind of gives me like a sense of like the culture and the people here too. So that's really interesting for me, like to explore the place through food. Okay, but so let's see. I think most of my friends are foodie friends, even if they have more restrictions, like they all love food and connect with food in some way. But I think it's interesting that I thought we would have an activity when we meet and you're the one who said you're going to bring food. (laughs) Well, Jennifer, although I have a restriction with food, it does Mm -hmm. not mean I don't love food. Exactly. I'm acknowledging that. Yeah. I'm more surprised that I didn't offer up a food activity. (laughs) You would have done so. I'm like, first thing, food. And then I'm like, hey, wait, hold on. This is like the opposite. (laughs) Maybe. Okay, hold on, hold on. Maybe I'm thinking, like, I know that you love food. And maybe you know that I love connection. Maybe we're kind of like giving each other what we think we want, like, personally, you think? A little bit, but also like, yeah, but also like recognizing that, oh, this is something that I get to do with you specifically. Mm. Yeah. I think if we were to meet in real life, I'll go like a 360 and back to the question. <laughs> if we were to meet in real life, I definitely think it would be an energetic connection. Mm. Like it would be more than the physical things you know and I think that's how um, in a way the soul connects to the soul if that makes sense even yeah Hmm. so I'm curious in your opinion what makes a good friendship wow I've been thinking about this I really think it's connection like I Honestly, Jennifer, I'm not the best at keeping in touch with people. So people who stay in my life are the ones that are okay with me not checking in for periods of time. But when we talk or come together, it's like we still have that connection that's so genuine that it's not, in a way, it it, it is established that there is like something that just connects that's what I feel like is a good friendship. I And sometimes I don't see or speak to someone for years. And when we come back together, I'm like, oh my gosh, I love this. And I just appreciate the person when they're there. How about you? Like, what do you think? How do you define or categorize your friendships? I think there's a really deep acceptance I almost wanted to say understanding, but I think it's more of an acceptance of the other person. And like you accept each other through everything. When the bad stuff comes up, if you have to take space and and just process what's going on. But acceptance means that you'll come back to each other, right? Mm. Um, like this kind of sparks something in me with my friendships as well like you know especially friendships that last for many many years it's like we see each other grow into different forms Mm -hmm. and I mean admittedly it's hard because sometimes like the dynamic has changed the dance have changed you know new boundaries have been drawn 
And sometimes I did feel like with some friendships, like I've outgrown them. And at the same time, you're like, I can't expect them to like the same things that I like now. And I guess like when I kind of think about it, it's like appreciating what has happened, like what we had together, you know, what the good times are and, you know, all the other challenges that we had. And also kind of realizing, oh, here is where we are. And they cannot be everything to me. I can't expect them to be everything to me. And Mm -hmm. I personally have learned how to segregate some things from friendship. I think last time when I see a friend, it's like, okay, they are the person I would tell everything to. They would be the one that processes my feelings. They would be the one that consoles me, celebrate with me, all of that. And I think as I grow, I'm like, oh, they can't do that. They can't possibly be that. Neither can the people closest to me, like, for example, my husband. And it's sort of like an individuation process. And I see my friends having to go through the same thing as well. And then, you know, it's a whole new adventure where we come back and be with one another after that process of individuation it's so beautiful because like, wow, it's almost like a new, renewed relationship. Yeah, that's what I think of when, you know, when I think of friends that, like the journey of a friendship. It's really beautiful and not having expectations in what it will become, how it will become, just kind of flowing with it and allowing, like you said, accepting them for who they are words you said that really stuck out to me were that a friend can't be everything for you it goes Mm. the other way too like you can't be everything for another person either and that Mm. in that sense is so much easier to understand yet we sit here and there's a point in our lives where we're not taught how friendships or any other relationships should work and we want that one person to solve everything for us and be everything for us that's that's a lot for one person to carry and I would interpret that in that way that's where the acceptance comes in is accepting you know this is a whole other human being and they have so many facets and sides to them that in friendship the true gift that we get is to uncover that over time and over spending not just time, but also the energy to get to know each other and grow with each other, grow apart from each other, and then grow together again. There's so mm. many ways that it can go. Yeah, and I think about the different types of friendships I have to, you know. I have some friends that we just, you know, come together and talk about business stuff. Like, it's it's super fun. Then I have some friends that, you know, we exchange like coaching together. Then I have other friends that I call when like, oh my gosh, I don't know. Maybe that's just too much alive. Like I'm like, hey, you know, I just need someone to listen. And there are those friends that I call. Then there's other friends that you just connect with. Like I think about, wow, there's so many facets and layers to it. And isn't it amazing that we get to kind of dip our toes into different types of friendships and maybe some friends you eat with or some friends you have fun with I wonder what you think of that 
like do you also I wonder because sometimes I'm like am I the only one like compartmentalizing all these friendships or are you doing that too you're not I feel like you're in my head (laughs) because like (laughs) for me it's not just different types of friendships but I see like there's Tim Urban of Wait But Why does like a really good post on this but before I had read his I had always seen myself as like a person at the top of a mountain mm-hmm. and especially as a, an analogy for my introvert bad battery and how much social energy I have and just like how many people I have the capacity to actually be close with so I'm at the top of the mountain and there's tiers of friendships too or friendship levels and so everyone who's like not even on the mountain they're strangers and people who have climbed up to like the lower ends those are your acquaintances and Mm. then like in the middle you've got like your good friends and then at the top you're really close friends but Mm. like a mountain also holds different environments right so Like on one side of the mountain, maybe it's snowy and that represents the friends that I would just meet up for a movie or go over their house and just lounge on the couch. And the other side, maybe it's all agriculture and those are all the friends that I would go eat with. And maybe there's some who exist in the middle or some who are like so close to the top of the mountain that we do all of those things together. But they're all my friends Mm. and understanding that looking back now like it's a pretty powerful visualization for me and I wish I understood that at a younger age that okay like this friend who's on the lower part of the mountain we're just in different places and that's okay but we still can exist together and figuring out how we can bridge that gap if we want to deepen the friendship that's the most beautiful part of friendship is that you choose to be in each other's lives. Sometimes I really wonder like what draws us to another person, right? Because it's almost like a choice you both make and say, you're the one, you're my friend. And I'm just very confused as to how that even happens. Because sometimes I'm just so drawn to a person. Like I'll give you an example like a couple of years back, like when I was just starting out with yoga, I was so drawn to this yoga teacher and her name is Ashlyn. And I was like, oh my God, this woman, like she's just, I'm just so drawn to her. And I just wanted to be her friend. And I just made the effort, right, to kind of close the gap. And she became a friend, really good friend till today. And, you know, she's also one of my past clients. It's, it's just mind-boggling I'm like how do you choose them what prerequisites do you even point at and say you you're my friend (laughs) I don't get it yeah I think it was like more straightforward when you're kids or something because then you just meet and you play with each other or it's actually straight up go up and ask do you want to be my friend and it's normal but like if we were to do that I think most people would be taken aback right or there's the ongoing joke that extroverts will adopt an introvert and just get them to come out of their shell or whatever but yeah like how I think I think now we don't say it outwardly but inside we know 
we know that we want to be friends with someone and then Mm -hmm. having that self-awareness to take action to have more interactions with them to invite them out to become Mm -hmm. you know like I don't want to think of it as a system but you're more likely to become friends if you consistently show up and consistently get along like I feel like I'm in a very unique kind of um like place in my life with friends like most of my friends are actually online all of my clients are online so to find I'm like in this space where I'm here in Brisbane looking for people who are physical like I can see them I can touch them I can hug them it's interesting because especially when I kind of feel like when I build these relationships online emotionally it's just a lot deeper than it's so much deeper than a a normal relationship that I would have with another person but however like that piece of like physicality I just can't get over that I don't have it so I'm like I, I really feel like I want to hold a person I want to see the person I want to touch them yeah that's where I'm at with my friend journey but most of my friends are online so it's it's just an interesting I guess scenario to even imagine like this would not have been possible if even if you know when we were, like 10 years ago like that wouldn't even be like an idea that you can build deep relationships this way that people see you and it's almost like the soul connection that I would consider people from like for example I'm planning a wedding and one of my friends is flying over like from US and then I'm just like so confuzzled with it I'm like whoa this woman like is coming all the way because there's this deep connection that we've created you know it's very beautiful (laughs) that is really beautiful some of these people that you're inviting is the wedding going to be the first time you meet them in person not many I mean like I I think not many of them that that I they actually haven't met them in person before I actually another friend of mine like we actually met up in Malaysia while mm-hmm. I was back there so she's from Dubai it's just so weird seeing a person you know you have an idea of how they look like like okay they're this high but when they come you're like oh my god how come they look different than I imagine <laughs> so that's really interesting yeah. I know you did a lot of traveling and I know you met people you met online and what were you surprised when you saw them or were they exactly how you envisioned them to be? I think like for me, I didn't really try to imagine what they look like off a screen. But what I was surprised about was like proportions. Because like all these people I've seen, like their full body photos on Instagram, like from head to toe. Like, so I have an idea of what they look like. But then... Yeah, it's funny because like even if we all discuss like how tall we were, I'm just like, mm-hmm. whoa, like, yeah. I guess I don't I don't know if the brain can correlate. Okay, you're like two inches or taller than me. What does that <laughs> feel like in person, right? <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. It's just I think the cool thing about about getting to meet my friends in person is seeing the rest of the energy that they carry with them right or seeing 
if we're eating together, seeing, okay, what are their eating habits or how do they drink their drink? And it's all these little details that I get to absorb about them. I also think like to some extent, Zoom can be really formal, right? And so Mm. I get to see the really silly sides. Everyone Mm. else gets to see the really silly sides of me because like we haven't had the chance to just sit around, but I'm very easily amused. I won't confess that. I'll just start laughing out of nowhere and I'll just be like, oh yeah, I was just thinking of this thing and it's not funny to anyone else, but I'm just cracking up over it. I love that. <laughs> it reminds me of like my husband. So he mm-hmm. he would start telling a joke. And he would tell a joke that he will find so funny with that he don't finish the joke and he's just laughing at his own joke. So that yeah. I love that. I love that trait in him. I love that trait in you. So. Yeah, but yeah, I, I don't express that online because obviously no. I show up and I'm really present for the conversation or yeah that's the other thing like zoom calls usually have a goal of some sort or a structure or it just hits different yeah yeah I guess like I mean when I think about that because like you know I I think that's a persona that we sort of put across like in Mm -hmm. these screens yeah like when when I'm in person I guess like there is like the nuances that are also there if you come and see me in like a daily thing you would know that I'm really really noisy I just love singing all the time like I'm sorry neighbors I'm just so sorry (laughs) it's just me but on a zoom call obviously you can't do that like it's just not part of the etiquette and yeah Mm. 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 what else am I missing that's an interesting thought I have something I'm curious about that you don't have to answer, but if you want to tell us, where are your feet positioned right now? Oh, they're crossed. Oh, <laughs> see, there's no way that I could just imagine that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, people just assume that I'm like super proper with my feet on the ground, maybe yeah. wearing like some work pants but my pants is so colorful it's not necessarily like workish yeah I'll confess too I'm wearing bike shorts right now and (laughs) I have a plushy thing under my desk and one leg is propped up on that because I can't find my slipper after I start this call and then the other foot's just hanging onto the slipper that I do have (laughs) on Wait, is this how you do all the calls with me? <laughs> like, this is new information. I'm like, now we have to go back and update all the memories of that. <laughs> yeah, I always have, like, a foot resting under my desk. Or if I'm standing, I'll be in the slippers. And sometimes it's both, but yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. This is mind-blowing. It's like, <laughs> like, go back and, like, updating all these memories. Like, Jen was doing that. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So details like that we really don't get to see. Yeah. So if I may ask, you recently made your big move and then you say you're craving friends like with the physicality and stuff. Have you tried making friends in real life at all? Yeah, I have. I think at this age, I mean, I'm 33 this year, I find that it's not as easy as it was 
when you know the last time I was abroad was when I was in university mm-hmm. I went to Melbourne it was so easy you know because there was just a platform you connected through like the university everyone had something similar and you know you had international students and bodies and things like that but when I'm here like it really it takes effort that's what I would say it needs me to be intentional and go out and make those friendships and make time to spend time with other people it just doesn't happen so automatically anymore I have like I guess I'm still building my network I would say but I have been really lucky that I'm able to also have friendships and people that connect in a way that shows a lot of potential Mm -hmm. of a great friendship yeah I'm really excited (laughs) that day I was just at one of my friend's birthday party and we sat down over uh, lunch and it was just like overlooking the water like the Brisbane River and we spoke about like the things that oh my gosh I wish all women would talk about we were sharing things I don't know if it's okay to say on this podcast but we were kind of sharing things that kind of brought us alive and you know be desired and it was like oh my gosh such womanly conversations and I was like where have these conversations been like I'm ready for it (laughs) you know that I'm you I think you can talk about that on this podcast there are really no rules on my podcast like one time I ended an episode saying I'm tired now so I'm gonna go (laughs) (laughs) but I I think I'm my instinct says that you're talking about women talking about our pleasure and Mm. physically in our body sexual pleasure too yeah like you know it's just a conversation you know when you talk about these things it takes a lot of vulnerability Mm -hmm. and it also takes a lot of courage to talk about it because where where do you go to and say you want to talk about these things you know yeah And to me, I treasure these moments. Like, I'm like, oh my God, I don't care who it's with. But when I have these moments of like deep connection with the people that I'm with, I know that we somehow connected in a way that's very fulfilling for me. Yeah. Um, And I look for that in my relationships. (laughs) Like, I think it's no different. You know, I coach. So I coach on that level. And I think being able to even have that outside of my work, it's so fulfilling because it also involves me in the conversation, you know? Yeah. Very fulfilling. It's just yummy. (laughs) (laughs) I think for me, that's like one of the types of friendships I'm missing, or I haven't really figured out how to navigate that in my existing friendships because I feel awkward to bring it up. Or like I took a personality test once and it was like things you hate talking about your sex life and intimacy. And I was like, oh, it knows me. <laughs> but I just don't like talking about it too. I'm the same. Yeah. And but I think what happened was I I had a shift in me. Like I had a shift in me where I started seeing that I was in some way holding back, perhaps. Hmm. Okay, I don't want to toot my own horn. It's not about, I'm not trying to 
boast I'm just saying every one of us have beauty right Mm -hmm. and I was trying to kind of tone down that beauty in fear of like I mean so many years of being traumatized abused and Mm -hmm. all of that stuff like so it's very natural for me to kind of want to not emphasize on that and like recently you know I've just gotten back into like dancing and like I do burlesque and you know there's a lot of touching yourself a lot of feeling very good in your body feeling very confident and that brought something alive in me and also like something awoken in me that I mean I was questioning this belief and I've never really shared in a public platform before I questioned the belief that I'm a slut I mean to many people that can be triggering it was triggering to me too perhaps part of me believed that But when I kind of moved through the belief and I realized, actually, I want to be desired by me. I want to feel like this feeling of like rapture in me that is like sensual and it feels good to feel sensual. And I think because of that, my outer world allowed me to have these conversations. I almost see if I tell you like the type of friendships that evolve over time it evolved because I've evolved mm-hmm. the people I hang out with change because I have changed and to think about that it's like I can't think about like one friendship that would define who I am because they all define who I am yeah. that's beautiful right yeah yeah I think so my last name is Ho so I grew up with a lot of slut jokes being made about me. So I think for me, a long time, I couldn't even face anything that I would associate with that word. So recently I went and I did this workshop on sensuality that was at a pole dance studio. And I was terrified to tell my friends about it. Like, I was like, am I just going to go do this and like quietly like Mm -hmm. not tell anyone but Mm -hmm. then after I went through I was like I kind of want to tell everybody about this like why don't we all talk about this and explore this about ourselves especially understanding our own desire and feeling feeling desirable about ourselves does that did I say that (laughs) like feeling desire for yourself yeah yeah there's a recording yeah there's a recording of the dance portion that I have not watched yet but I did favorite it in my phone but I haven't gotten myself to like face what it actually looks like to see myself go through Mm -hmm. it but yeah and then the fun part is I didn't talk about it much deeper with anyone else this Mm -hmm. is the first time I I'm really getting specific here and I mean I told my friends I went to this class and everyone's like oh yeah 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 we want to try that too and everyone's talking about it more as like exercise Mm. which is which is good too but Mm. yeah but if I'm going to pursue any more exploration of pole dancing it's going to be an exploration of my sensuality for sure oh wow I love that. And I'm excited for you. I'm so excited. (laughs) That story really resonated with me because, you know, Jennifer, when 
I like started pole dancing like I think could have been 10 years ago mm. I didn't tell anyone about it it was like my little like I I just kept it to myself and I kept it like I think I did it for like three years and I didn't tell anybody about it it was like this little secret that I couldn't share even my closest friends like it was almost like this place where I just play and I allowed myself the safe space to play so I definitely can resonate with that and I only shared the video like I don't know maybe like five years later so I think you're good you're doing really great I don't don't know if I'll ever share it first I gotta watch it that's my next obstacle of facing myself I think like, I remember like I took a dance class, right? So I was like thinking, oh, I look so good. I look so sexy. And then I watched the video. <laughs> I got a shock of my life. I was like, well, we can be, my point is we can be yeah. critical of ourselves, but I'm sure yeah. it looks fine. We're just critical. That's all. <laughs> yeah. And when we're really doing something for ourselves, I think like, did you feel sexy when you were in the moment? Oh absolutely yes absolutely yeah that gives you way more than what the video is going to give you and as I hear myself say that I should probably watch the video (laughs) it probably isn't that bad (laughs) yeah Hmm. yeah and and I think like a lot of uh, my friendships are also made because of my random interests like I have so many random interests and when I think about like how they're made, oh, actually it's through like perhaps dance, perhaps something I'm exploring, mm-hmm. a, a workshop that I'm taking, or maybe a course that I go through. And like, for example, we met from Molly Holmes membership. What? Yes. So it's interesting. I guess like sometimes when I talk to myself, I also think about, okay, how do I find people that I really connect with? And then I'm like, mm, maybe just follow, just follow what really lights me up. And perhaps there are friendships to be found there. Who knows? So going back to making friends in person, there are a conversation I've been thinking about it in the back of my head and comparing like making friends online has been easier for me too, but I've also made friends in person. And in person, usually it's like, I'll connect with someone who's really cool but then they'll introduce me to someone who is even more aligned with who I am and Mm. that we match more as friends I think that's how more of my recent friendships in person have developed and then thinking about like oh when I identify someone oh I want to be that person's friend I do pursue them it's almost like dating like I Mm. like I start to like obsess over okay was this person interested in like what's their lifestyle like what's their capacity to hang out with me and I think I just automatically do this but I could turn it in like there is a method to it somewhere in the madness in my Mm. mind but yeah and then I'll have like a soft invite to something that they can get out of and then if they seem receptive to that then I make the real invite later on Oh, wow. Um, That's a whole strategy. Yeah, it is. At some point, I need to apply this to dating, but that's a different topic. <laughs> One at a time. <laughs> it's easier to identify friends, though, at least for me. Hmm. I honestly, like, 
honestly, Jennifer, I feel like I'm not very good at that mm. in terms of like pursuing people. Mm. Like I, I'm not sure if this, okay, I saw this graphic, right? Like when you like have, as you grow older, like your relationship with friends, it kind of takes a dip. Like it takes a huge yeah. dip, especially when you start having kids and all. So I'm just wondering, oh my gosh, if I don't up my game, I might have zero friends by the time I have children. <laughs> and, and I think I love that you share that strategy that you have because then it, I guess it kind of, like, you know, how when you look for leads for your business, it's the same thing. <laughs> Sorry, friends, your leads. <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm not there's a system to kind of, like gather people that you enjoy yeah and I think that's why it works yeah I mean step one is showing up as the friend that you want to be to other people right regardless mm-hmm. of where or how the friendship has progressed right mm-hmm. which I think you do very well you're who you are and you shine very brightly to me and that's why I'm drawn oh. to you Thank you, Jennifer. I I think I don't do that with many people. Mm -hmm. Like, because when I think about it, right, like friends, it's like, I have so many acquaintances. Like it's a touch and go impacted people's lives. And I I don't know how, I sometimes, maybe here I'm being really vulnerable and honest about it. I don't know how to categorize all of these because I just have so many people that I kind of interact with on a daily basis and then at the end of the day I'm like oh my gosh like I I just I don't have enough to give anyone anymore I just kind of need to because I'm introverted as well so I need Mm -hmm. to go back inside and I create that friendship with myself I don't really have a system with it I just (laughs) I just do and like I think the way I show up for my friends is I think over the years I realized it's actually very emotional like it's some people are like gives some people some people are like you know physically being there you know helping out but I don't think I have the laborious part of me I just that's not me and right now because we're planning for the wedding so like money's like super tight so I'm like, okay, no gifts. <laughs> so you get my energy, I guess. Um, and I guess whoever who feels like that's not enough, then, you know, we kind of drift apart as well. Like mm-hmm. that's also, and I guess I also have to accept that, you know? Yeah. Hmm. And that's just your style of friendship. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for allowing me to reflect it here too. Yeah. I don't, I think like, there are probably introverts out there who think, oh, am I problematic as a friend for not being the person who keeps in touch with people or reaches out to people or, I guess, show up for birthdays or make sure everybody gets a gift. But, like, who taught us that that's the definition of friendship? And if it doesn't work for us, if we're like forcing ourselves, like if you're forcing yourself to meet this checklist, right? Or if you you didn't forego gifts, even though you have a budget right now, like you don't get to be you. Like suddenly you're constrained in this friendship. So 
is that really friendship anymore? Yeah. Like, I think about these things too. <laughs> and I, I don't know. I guess I would like to ideally be me mm. and have friends who like me for me. Um, it's really refreshing, like, because I not far from where I am is where there's this place called like Mullumbimby in Australia and it's where all the healing and all it's where all the healing and retreats are you know you can imagine that and when I go there people will ask me like oh where are you staying and I'm like oh I just you know I'm staying like you know the maybe like a Airbnb down the road they would literally tell me oh take down my number so next time when you come you can stay at my place it's just down the road and I'm just like what did you just offer me a place to stay you barely know we just met <laughs> you know what I mean and like it breaks the whole construct of like friendship for me mm -hmm. I'm like I don't get this I would never let anyone who I've just met into my home I'm with you on that <laughs> But being on the receiving end, if someone offers it up to me, I would, I'm totally up for it to stay at someone else's place. I've just had it offered to me so many times. Like, I think the first time when it was offered to me, I was like, mm. my, my protective brain went like, oh, is this safe? What do they want from me? You know? Yeah. And then I realized it was a culture that people actually yeah. invited you into their homes. And I was like, oh, this is refreshing. Maybe I should be a little bit more open about people, you know, coming by my place, I guess. Like, it's, it's like, I mean, it's understandable if you kind of vet the person, met them a couple of times, know who they are. It's very different when you just met them, had mm. two sentences with them and offer your place to stay. <laughs> yeah, I, it can be disarming. But at the same time, I think, like, I trust other people to see something in me that makes them mm. feel safe too and mm. so what if they're recognizing that in you that you're someone who's safe to let into their home I don't doubt that I know I know how pure and I know where I come from mm -hmm. maybe that's why I kind of protect myself that way yeah because I know that people don't have the same intentions yeah, like it's it's interesting, like because I remember like going back to Malaysia last year as well. Like I had to stay with one of my relatives that I don't never stay with them before, and it was a it required a next level of openness in me to like stay with them. Yeah, and I know you also stayed with a friend in Singapore as well, didn't you? I you stayed. Yeah, with my friend and her parents, actually. Yeah. yeah. How was that for you? I was at first, okay, honestly, when she invited me, the first question I asked is, how strict is your mom? <laughs> why did you ask that? Because, what was that? Let me tell you why I asked that, because I haven't lived with my parents in like, I don't know, eight years or something now. But mm -hmm. I know for a fact that if I went and stayed at my mom's place, that I would have a curfew. Oh, wow. Yeah. You mean if, until today. Yeah. Like if I were to say, Mom, like, I want to move back in with you, I'm going to go mm -hmm. live there and she's going to give me a curfew. 
even though my youngest sister also lives there and does not have a curfew. But as the oldest, my mom is going to want me to be home by 10 p.m. every day. Well, that's hard. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the, it's hard in the sense that even if you are home at 10 p.m. every day, you don't want that curfew to be there. Exactly. Yeah. Like, likely I'll already be in bed by 10, yeah. you know, but like... <laughs> dot or having to like ask for permission I think that's just like our dynamic you know um mm. and so when I think of anyone else's mom I'm like okay what's their style yeah, <laughs> yeah my friend's <laughs> like oh she doesn't care like I stay out late all the time I'm like okay and then they still like had some reservations because I hadn't met her mom I hadn't met her dad I yeah. I didn't know which part of Singapore she was in, but mm. like this was it I just trusted this friend. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And then worst case scenario, I would just have to find my own place to stay at mm. and then have the difficult conversation of saying, Hey, you know what? I just changed my plans, so I'm yeah. not gonna be staying here. Yeah. But because I was open to it, I got the experience of a lifetime to really be immersed in, like, actually living in Singapore, what that looks like. Getting home-cooked meals, getting to go to the hawker markets with them as a family. And, like, all I had to do was sit at the table to save it. And they all went off and ordered <laughs> all their favorites and brought them back. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> It's like yeah. you get the full experience of, I guess, an, a Singaporean, like being yeah. a Singaporean. Yeah. Hmm. I, it was very profound for me as well. Like, I honestly don't, there's a part of me that's very independent in the sense that I don't like, especially with staying, like, because for me, sleeping is such a sacred space. Honestly, I feel that like my whole house is sacred to me. So when I go to another person's house, I I don't know if they treat it the same way that I treat my mm-hmm. place and they have the same feelings towards where they live as well. But when I visited my relative as well, it was very transformative for me because I was like, oh, wow, you get to see all the nuances and how people... Uh, interact with one another and how much love there is between the family members and you know what lights them up what what their favorite food are like you said and it's just very interesting to watch the dynamic of the family have that I just I just find it so fascinating especially when you're staying there for a little bit yeah I think I've observed a bit of a pattern like you know, when we're open to staying for you, staying with relatives and for me, staying with someone else's family, it's like mm-hmm. we open ourselves up to letting go of that control or independence that we've so that we've worked so hard to have in our lives. Right. We let go of a bit of that, but then we also let ourselves kind of be kids again in the sense that okay let's be curious let's explore let's observe and and also like in the sense of when we do make friends I think that comes into play too that curiosity 
and really just play. I think everything that we've talked about today from friendships to travel to meeting people for the first time to exploring our own sensuality, there's an element of play in all of that. Absolutely. Like something really weird popped into my head when you were mm. kind of summarizing all of that, right? I I just remember it. Like when I was younger, I would chase relationships that I thought would be great for me, but they're not necessarily the relationships that I want. Mm-hmm. I just thought, you know, it, <laughs> oh my gosh, this is so vulnerable to say. It's like I want to build a repertoire of friends. Mm. does that I don't know if that resonates with everyone it's like this ideal I need to be friends with this person because of this is his reason and but I didn't feel connected to them in any way I just feel like I had to pretend to be someone else to fit in and I'm just so sick of that like I just don't I'm like if I have to pretend to be anyone else we can't be friends (laughs) now yeah (laughs) But that wasn't that that definitely wasn't something that came naturally. I feel like that was a good part of my life. Trying to kind of it it was always that kind of not good enough, have to always kind of live up to something. This image that I've created uh, created for myself and for them. And I I think I also cut a lot of people out because of that. I'm like, nope, you don't fit in. Mm. (laughs) And in a way, it's like very selfish. It is selfish. But I guess I just feel more fulfilled that way so that I can connect with people who I feel like has a strong connection, like a soul connection with me in whatever way that, you know, different facets of friendship. But that's why I said at the start of the call, I feel like the most important thing in a friend to me it's like this connection that I have with them in a way that I can be who I am and they don't fault me for being me and in fact they find all the traits of me so funny and so interesting (laughs) and I I can be me and I find the traits of them interesting and funny and fun to be around so I feel like that's the true definition of friendship for me where we both can be us and just play and jive. That's beautiful. That's the most beautiful thing. And that's true friendship to me. That is really beautiful and a really wonderful summary. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, thanks for having me. Of course. So I have two more questions for you. One if there are introverts out there looking to make friends and navigate friendships and really grow their friendships, why should mm-hmm. they work with me? I've worked with Jennifer for, I think for a period for like nine months together where, so I, I can safely say that I know Jennifer really, really well. And this, I can tell you, like Jennifer makes the most complex things so simple. Like, you know, from our call, you already have a strategy of how to make friends. I think beyond that, it's also the way that Jennifer can see things that the nuances and the threats that are in between 
words and actions and expressions. And she just has a way of putting it together. And I think you will be super, super held like with Jennifer's empathetic hands, but in a way that she has made friends and she wants to share what she has accumulated over the time that she has done this. So I feel like this is something that if you're thinking about making friends, why not learn it from someone who has done it and who can hold you through it? I think that's a lot more than that that can be said, I guess, from reading a book, you know, or taking an online course. It just feels like there's a lot more support this way. And I know that you'll be super, super helped. Wow. <laughs> oh, thank you. No. I want to add one more thing. Okay. And I, that I feel like Jennifer will also challenge you in a very, very gentle way to get out of your comfort zone. So you can definitely feel like you're kind of pushing your edges, but in a way that's very, very gentle. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Now, would you like us, or would you like, oh, I can't. <laughs> I'm so touched, <laughs> really. Thank you so much for that. Now, would you like to share with us about what you do and where we can find you online and how to work with you? Yeah. I shared a little bit about what I do um, early in the call, but if you would like, like if you're listening and if you're a person, I only work with entrepreneurs. Like there's just, I can go into it in another day, another day why I do that. I feel like entrepreneurs have these like visions and sometimes this vision scares the shit out of us, but and yet we still want to do it. And if you're there, you know what? I'm here. I'm here to support you through that. I don't mean that I will give you the answers. I will coach you to your higher self. I always tell my clients this. I'm not coaching who you are today. I'm coaching you into the person. I'm calling forth the higher self. That's what I tell them because that's the truth. I want to coach people into their wholeness. I want to coach people into their power. What is impossible today is not impossible tomorrow. That's what I do. And if you want to build a brand along that, I'm here. That's what I do. And if you want to look for me, I'm at locacreates.com or Instagram locacreates. That's where you can look for me. Thank you. I'll drop those in the show notes for anyone who's looking. And I want to share a bit about, because uh, so Lillian mentioned that we worked together for nine months and that was where I was a client. And specifically, I did want to basically brand my future self. So what all of you see today, this person who is showing up on this podcast, the bold colors that I actually use on Instagram, you know, those like physical results that are tangible results that you can see that came from a lot of deep work that dug into my past and into exploring what my future looks like. And it is such a unique container that Lillian has designed. So if you're an entrepreneur who's looking for a brand strategist that digs deep into 
all the crevices of who you are and held so gently and warmly and lovingly, I definitely recommend you seek out Lillian. Oh, Jennifer. That feels so wholesome to hear. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you for this. And thank you for sharing your experience with me. It's, it's, it touches my heart. Thanks for having this conversation with me. <laughs> oh, you're most welcome. It's so much fun. Thank you.